Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hi. And uh, Eric, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Um, If you could not bury the lead today, that would be ideal. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. So we have we have a special we have special guests today. Uh, You know, today's guests as the judges on Fox hit series Lego Masters, which is currently running season two uh, and as Lego Brick Masters and as returning guests to the podcast. Welcome back to Adventures in Collecting, Amy Corbett and Jamie Berard. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. It's awesome to be back. Hello. Welcome back. Great to hear from you again. It's, it's, been, it's been so long. We've had you guys on separately in, in various capacities. We got an awesome tour and introduction to Lego Dots back at Toy Fair from Amy. And then, of course, we, we, you know, we sat down with, uh, with Jamie last year. And it, it's, it's, it's great to have you guys on at the same time. We love being together. Yeah, we're excited when we get to to be a little team again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we always open up the show uh, by asking our guests uh, what you're currently collecting. And Jamie, last time we had you on, you told us about your pop-up book collection. Oh, yeah. So we're going to need an update on that. And then, yes. Amy, we're going to need to know what you're, what you're currently collecting. <laughs> cool good question yeah jamie goes first because i'm gonna have a little think about right. it well i'm very proud to own the uh harry potter uh diagon alley pop-up book i don't know if you've seen it but it actually not only is a pop-up book but it unfolds and unfolds and unfolds to create diagon alley as an entire pop-up scenario scene so really impressive really fun um, but it's fun to see how they've evolved the pop-up book concept to become even more outrageous than it's already. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And does it, once it unfolds, does it have all kinds of like little tabs so you can move stuff and make, make the, uh, different parts of the alley come to life? Yeah. It always has these like little discovery moments and things like that. And it's the guy, uh, Matthew Reinhardt is just genius at doing all of these things. So cool. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, Amy, what about, what about you? What are, what are you, uh, what are you currently collecting? It is a good question. I would say, and I guess I'm going in the Lego, but maybe because I'm making brick heads again for this season. So last season I made all my outfits in brick head form from the show this year. I'm redoing that challenge. So I'm at the one episode in, in collecting my 12 new outfits from season two. Does that count as collecting? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I actually, my, my daughter, uh, my eldest daughter, my five-year-old, we just built uh, her first two set of brickheads. So um, Uncle Dave, the other, the other voice on this podcast, um, got her Hello. the, uh, um, the Grogu and Mandalorian brickhead duo. So we, we put those together and they're, they're now living on her nightstand. So <laughs> Amazing. They are good ones for sure. Oh yeah, they were awesome to put together. I have them too. <laughs> um, so, uh, what Lego set started your love of the brick? Ooh, uh, for me it was probably <laughs> pointing to me. For me, it was probably uh, a fire truck. Was one of the earliest memories that I have. Um, that it, it didn't even have to be a fire truck. It was just this idea that you had uh, a toy that you could actually make into anything that you wanted, um, and I did. And I think it was also great that I just had uh, family and friends that encouraged me to not have to protect it and keep it, you know, as that fire truck, like whatever I was making as silly as it was, it was awesome to them. Like, wow, I can't believe you made it. Why don't you describe what it is? <laughs> so you can kind of think back to the language they were using. And as a kid, you don't notice, but uh, yeah, I think it was just a, a simple fire truck. And ever since then, it's uh, it's gotten more and more ridiculous to the point that now, yeah, I, I have at least two ra- two roommates worth of Lego bricks in my house. And they're not paying rent. <laughs> yeah, and I think my earliest memory of a set would be, I think I had a Paradisa set was the first one I can remember having. It was a little park mm. and a little um, lady with a push chair and a sand pit. But I have to say that I think Olivia's house, one of the first Lego Friends one, was probably the one that reignited, the more recent sets probably reignited my passion and love for Lego because I'm a, a huge fan of Lego friends and I love building the sets and, and working on and designing them as well. Sorry, I just need to share a dirty, dirty little secret that Amy might not know is that I actually worked on Olivia's I house. I did know that. So I also, I also have an emotional attachment with that one. So <laughs> look at you guys connecting on like every level possible. It's insane. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's the coolest. So, so we had this. We actually had this conversation last night. My uh, my wife and I, as we were we were catching up on on uh, Lego Masters. But I always did this thing where when I had a set, I built it once. And and Jamie, what mm-hmm. you said about the fire truck just made me think of this. But I used to build the set once, and then what I would do is after I was done playing with it and you know and and putting it together, I would break it up and put it in a loose bag with a bunch of other broken up Lego sets. And I mean, I kept all the instructions and everything, but it was just cool. Like after building it to your point to then see like what else you could do with those bricks outside of the instructions. So, and then that drove my wife nuts. She was like, no, it had to go back in the box. (laughs) I had to build it again later. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think mine was like the, the Lego castle from uh, the King's Mm -hmm. castle back from like back when I was a very little kid. Like I, I was probably like four or five years old when I got that, that was the King's Castle was like one where I, it, it was a castle once and it was never a castle again. Yeah, but that's that's the beauty of Lego bricks, right? Is that they can live so many lives. They can make so many different creations. And I love that people take the, the sets apart and make new creations mm-hmm. with them. I think that's incredible. But Dave, if you had the castle, were you building it into other types of castle or were you going totally blue sky like spaceships and whatever you wanted? Just different structures, like yeah. different houses or buildings. Cool. Awesome. Because they had those little arches, so you could always kind of do stuff with them that way. Yeah. Speaking of favorite Lego sets, uh, you know, what's a Lego set or specific Lego genre um, that you guys have worked in that's that's been your favorite so far? Uh, 
I've I've always been a town fan, like Lego Town, becoming Lego City, becoming the modular buildings. I just I love building buildings, the world around me. And what I like about it is that, uh, especially like old architecture, there's so many of these little bitty details and faces on buildings, and there's so much personality. And we have so many fun bricks for minifigure accessories, like you know hammers, like you know Thor's hammer that you just look at and you're like, oh, this makes an amazing stone to put as a detail on top of a building. I have to admit, even today, if I go to one of the bigger cities, I can't help but look at buildings to get inspired. And see Lego elements and all the little details like, oh, I could actually, you know, use this for that. And uh, then I get excited to come home and give it a try. Yeah. And for me, I think, of course, Lego friends will always have a very special place in my heart. But I'm super excited on, on Lego Dots, on what we're doing with the tiny little tiles and just showcasing, you know, how much creativity, how much experimentation, how much you can play with color with these tiny little pieces so for me it feels like we have you know the same old lego that people know and love but we've just done it in such a new way that it feels so fresh and fun and it's been really exciting to go on the journey from just an idea to actually launching that product i love when i go out and i see people that are wearing lego dots bracelets like it's just like i see yeah. it, i see it way more than like i i love them i think they're great i i have a i have a bracelet uh myself um, you know, it was great getting the introduction to them back at Toy Fair, but it's just one of those things where like, I love that people have kind of adopted it as part of their like everyday wear. It's like, you got to watch on one hand, you got dots bracelet on the other hand, and you know, yeah. you're creating your own fun little font and figuring out how to, how to spell, you know, words or like initials. It's just, it, it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool product. Eric, Maddie, right down to the shoes, right? Oh, like she's yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can have it all kinds. And I think that was something really interesting in, in season two, actually, that we saw a lot of the builders kind of adopting this way of, of, of decorating with dots and putting the colors together and using mm. it for fonts. And it's kind of just opened a door. It's not, it's not new pieces that we never had before. It's just using them in a new way. That is really exciting, I think. But I think there's another angle that we were surprised by. I, I don't know if you had a chance, either of you, to see the uh, the first episode, but you know, and Don and Jack, you know, Don, they're wearing their bracelets uh, for yeah. Kelsey. And then, you know, it, it's also like we, we often view Lego bricks in, in order to make, create something that you look at. It's kind of off to the side. But for them, it was a very personal story. And I actually thought it was really nice to see how someone that they cared about by having that on their wrist kept that person close with them. Uh, so it actually was a very touching moment for me when I saw that and learned the story that they had to share it is, it is another way that I never thought I would see Lego bricks being used, uh, but it, it actually was really special. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, and Dave, you're, you were going to say too about the, the sneakers, the dot sneakers. Yeah, the sneakers. And like there's the bag clips now. Like um, I know um, I got Maddie the, uh, like the little dog bag clip. Yep. Yes, we have some the little bag tags and you can create little animals and customize them and change their faces. So we're having a lot of fun playing with it. I hope you guys are too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we just started talking about season two. Excellent segue into season two yes. of Lego Masters. Um, and we've seen some bigger and more exciting builds right from the first couple of episodes, um, like the Lego Day Parade um, and the Explosion Build. Yeah. Uh, what goes into the creation of these build ideas? Oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we actually have um, so many challenges. And even in season one, we had an 
quite a lot of challenges that never made it into the first season. And then it's, it's really just a conversation about uh, number one, the, the balance of challenges, making sure that we are really showing all the skills of our, you know, Lego masters uh, contestants. Um, but also just trying to um, make sure that we have something that just looks really cool on TV. That's just impressive to see what people can do with the Lego bricks. And we have a team of people behind the scenes that are actually trying each of these challenges out. And we're, they're really good builders. They should be on the show as contestants themselves. Um, but they're trying to make sure that we're, we're given just the right amount of time, but not too much, you know, to create that nice, healthy balance of, uh, yeah, forcing a degree of creativity by not, again, letting people wander too much, but then also allowing for the models to really surprise us uh, and offer things yeah. that even in testing that we couldn't have imagined were possible. Yeah. And I think, for instance, something like the first challenge with the parade float, we just wanted to give people a chance to show us who they are, to see a bit of their personality, for them to kind of make their entrance into the competition with something really fun and celebratory. Yeah. And then throughout the competition, we want to push those different angles of how your technical abilities, how's your storytelling, how creative can you be, how big can you build and get a real sense of who they are as Lego builders. Yeah, and 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 not to spoil anything from episode two because I know you know there are some people that are that are going to catch up and watch it later. But um, it's one of those things where like the the motion aspect of the the first challenge, like there are Lego sets that include you know pieces in order to make things move. Mm -hmm. But it was funny as you guys were going around from you know you you guys and Will were going around from from uh, you know workstation to workstation, and it was like, have you thought about where you're going to put your explosives? <laughs> yeah, how often do we get to say that? <laughs> and it's just one of those things where I'm thinking like I could imagine you know I've, I've been, you know Dave and I have been playing with Legos our entire lives and it's like I've never once had to think about where I was going to put an explosive in my <laughs> my Lego mm -hmm. set. And, and I don't think any of our teams have either for sure thought about that. So it was really just a different yeah. a very different aspect for them to add to their Lego builds and also just thinking about how can you build something that actually mm -hmm. meant to look amazing when it's destroyed and that will blow up in the way that you plan. And I think that was a big challenge for some of our teams. Yeah. And I think it, it, it sounds weird, but we needed to sometimes give them that prompt because you get in go mode and you just start building and then you fall back on how you would normally build, which sometimes mm -hmm. makes it too strong or you're, you know, you're not necessarily thinking of the end goal. And so you sometimes uh, need to give this little prompt, just reminding them, hey, what are your thoughts on how this is going to be destroyed? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because a couple of the builds actually wound up going that way too, which where it was like, yeah, this was um, too strong. Like I, I was thinking of the, uh, the jewelry store where the front just kind of stuck on. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where we're always conflicted because, you know, nobody knows how to explosives nobody's worked with explosives before and so they're trying their best to figure out how it's going to work but when it when it doesn't quite work you can't help but feel what they're feeling like ah you know if only mm -hmm. whatever um yeah but i also was super impressed considering nobody's done this before some of those just got obliterated like they just looked amazing yeah and the, the slow-mo shots are just Amazing! Perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's it's such a great yeah. way to showcase that. Yeah, um, we've got twelve teams this season. Um, how how do you go about selecting the teams, and how did um, the decision come about to expand the size of the roster for season two? 
I mean, ex the, the whole process of selecting the teams is quite extensive. Of course, we had lots of people that had seen season one and kind of thought I could be a part of this. So there's a whole audition process where we want to see a little bit about who you are, but we also want to see what you can build. And then there's a stage where we, we kind of want to test people under pressure. So how can they work with their partner? How do they work if we give them a time limit on the challenge? So they do go through a little bit of like, what's the show like? to see can you really build these awesome things when you have only a short period of time. Um, and I think this year we just had so much talent. We yeah. just had so much talent. Um, we had some great challenges and we thought, why not just go bigger and have even more teams and showcase that talent? And I think you can see that the standard of builders is incredibly high. Yeah. Jamie and I absolutely have our work cut out for us every <laughs> single week because yeah. you are sending good builders home right from the get-go. Yeah, and I think you you probably saw in the first episode that they were already referencing people from the first season that they knew or they were inspired by. And so I do think that the first season, it, people had to be really brave to take a chance to go on a show that they hadn't seen and don't really understand or expect anything. But now that people have seen the formula, that many people are excited by it and actually inspired to think, actually, I see myself in that team and I could probably also do this. So I think in many ways, by having a great season one and a great cast of people, it inspired season two people to just come out of the woodwork and give it a shot. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite competition show on TV oh, cool. because I want everyone to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do too. Imagine how tough it is when you actually have to pick wants to win and wants to go home every week. But, yeah. but I think that vibe that it gives and the fact that everyone is just rooting for the team so much, even at home, yeah. is what makes it pretty special. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any other competition show where like the first at the the first elimination everybody is just devastated <laughs> devastated like usually yeah. like the first ones everyone's like all right cool you yeah. know we've only been here yeah. for a couple of weeks but that you know that second episode it was just like no yeah 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 spoiler alert it gets harder <laughs> it gets tougher yeah. as it goes on <laughs> Well, uh, on the lighter side of things, uh, you guys get to work with Lego Batman himself, Will Arnett, uh, on the show. Um, how important was it to have uh, a host as as connected to the Lego brand as him, and and uh, you know, and guest judges that are a part of the Lego family? I think it's super important to to have that. I mean, everyone has their unique Lego story, and I think that's something pretty special. And someone like Will, not only is he the voice of Lego Batman, but he's also you know, he builds Lego with his family. His kids are into Lego. It's this special family time that they have together. And actually, even from season one into season two, you could see Will was much more engaged and had learned so much from season one, even in, in what Jamie and I were looking for as judges. And really like, was like what do you think of this yeah. guy? Is this, this good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think, I mean, considering how accomplished Will is, you know, He's, he's a Hollywood actor. He's done so many things, Arrested Development, movies, uh, cartoons. And the fact that he still, when he talks about, you know, what are the highlights of your career that you, you are most proud of or what you love? Like for him to say Lego Batman, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> there's something awesome about that. And I think it's because kids know Lego Batman and love it. And it just, anywhere he goes, he's just loved because he can't help yeah. but speak. And as soon as he speaks, that's all you hear. You're like, I know that guy. <laughs> um, yep. But being able to work with him was amazing as far as like we had a much 
a much more relaxed season two. Like we knew each other yeah. better. And if anything, I'm hoping it comes through because we haven't seen the future shows, but we're really hoping even a fraction of the mischief that happened <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> he's a very mischievous guy. But the fact that he's actually picking on us in season two and having, you know, some really fun moments in a good way, it, it, it made us feel like, okay, we're in. <laughs> like he, he, he feels comfortable enough to, uh, yeah, to, to highlight some of our more curious qualities. <laughs> I have to say he's getting really good at his Scottish accent. He's mm -hmm. been practicing and practicing. I was going to ask. He's nailing it. <laughs> I was going to say, has he has he added a Scottish accent to his repertoire yet? That's oh, that was yeah. going to be my. <laughs> oh yeah, it comes out every now and so often, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, because he's like, I don't even know what you just said there, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I I even loved um, the just how every pun before he blew up hit the plunger to blow up the. Um, the builds for the explosion episode, like everyone was just punnier and punnier every time. Like it was just by the end, I'm just like, I'm like rolling on the floor. It was so funny. Yeah. And it, it's actually it's season two. We're all about the brick puns, right? Season oh. two is all about the brick puns. Yeah. It's contagious. <laughs> and, and he, I mean, he works perfectly for the, that kind of irreverent sense of humor that, that exists with, with like the Lego media. Right. Yeah. So like whether it's like the Lego video games or what they've done in the films, like that kind of like self, uh, self-referential humor, it's, it just works perfect for him. It's a, it's yeah. a great fit. And it actually is nice because it, he has expressed how genuinely odd he is by the talent in the room. Like he said so many times, like, how, why am I even here? You guys are so talented and brilliant. So it actually plays to that comedy. Like you said, like he genuinely is approaching it. Like, wow, you guys are doing amazing stuff, but he's sharp enough and smart enough to like on the spot, he's just there and he comes up with the funniest yeah. stuff. Like his goal <laughs> is to actually ruin a take in many ways, because if you can get the camera crew <laughs> to start laughing, <laughs> that's when he's like, this is my day, you know? And that's ultimately what his goal is, is that he's just loving every minute of it. And he genuinely is like on the spot, just that funny. He just brings stuff up that you would never expect. And you just, you just start laughing. Yeah, the delivery is unreal. Yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, the show, um, there are also versions of Lego Masters that air around the world. Um, have you ever collaborated with your counterparts from those versions of the show? Yeah, we're all we're all chatting all the time. I think we're we're certainly looking across the big pool of challenges to discuss what works well and what we can use. But also, just when we bump into the other Brickmasters in the office, we're just having a little chit chat and like sharing experiences, what worked well, what didn't, what what's exciting about it. It's just fun to catch up from other countries on how the builders are, what the teams are like, and what the challenges have been. And the other thing is that each of the shows is different. There, there's no carbon copy that the shows no. follow. And the closest we've seen to like the US version is the French one. Amy and I, may, maybe Amy, you have a secret, but neither of us speak French. And we couldn't help ourselves. We just wanted to watch some of the episodes. And it was really fun because you don't even have to know what they're saying to enjoy the energy of the moment or just, you know, we're fast forwarding and then we're like, oh, well, look at that. You don't see it in the creations. Um, but it, it is fun to, uh, to have such a variety of approaches to the same show. And the fact that we can still, in our season, have unique offerings that nobody else has done, considering there's you know, so many other ways yeah. of doing it. Um, you can tell the builders 
in many ways, they, they are aware of the other shows and many of them did try to, you know, catch up and see what other shows were doing. And that's where they got even more excited when we were still doing something that they felt was fresh and new that they weren't expecting. They were almost energized by that. Like, whoa, I had no idea that this was coming. This is going to be so much fun to figure out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it, and it, I think it too it goes to show like truly the global reach of Lego, right? You know, it's it's yes. uh, it is what it is in the United States, and that's the way that the the show kind of portrays it. But I, I have had the opportunity to watch a couple of a handful of episodes from from some of the other uh, the other yeah. countries' versions, and, and it's it's exactly right. It's like it's like a look into what Lego culture is in another country, yeah. and it's it's so cool. It is just the coolest. Very true. Um, speaking of, of the Lego universe as, as a whole, um, in your work and your design work, what is one Lego property that you have yet to work on that you would love to take a crack at? Ooh. I already got to try a little bit of Lego friends when mm. I was at the, in the early days. And that's one that I really wanted to get in on. Uh, so for me, I did get a taste of that, but is there still another one? I'd, probably go into star wars uh i actually love that universe if i build at home something i, I actually love the spaceships i love the vehicles so i might i might dabble in some star wars for me being in dots right now i think i would go for something quite different with maybe harry potter or some of the superheroes themes that's all about storytelling that's all about the fun details and especially in harry potter i love the magic and the way of how the different ways you could try to express magic through bricks something that's actually invisible is is quite a fun challenge for me both of those kind of make sense because like you know following following you amy on on social media you know your your love for theme parks and you know the yeah. all and you know where we can actually see woody but hanging out behind you yeah you know the, the idea of kind of that like world building you know yeah. it, it totally totally tracks mm -hmm. and and jamie the the architectural aspect of like those star wars ships especially mm -hmm. those big like cruisers and yeah, stuff yeah. like again like it's you guys are you guys are finding a way to branch out but also stay in your wheelhouse at the same time <laughs> yeah I, we see what you're doing i think that's very true <laughs> dave um you i i realized we skipped over a question did you want to ask if uh, if our guests were currently building any sets um yeah sure um well i guess eric just asked it um <laughs> what sets are you currently building yourselves I just finished the Lego house molding machine and I got permission, which took about six years to get to finally buy the UCS Millennium Falcon. And that is next on my list of builds. And I have been nice. waiting for this for years. Nice. We still don't know where it's going to go, <laughs> but at least it's in the house. <laughs> and I am in between builds at the moment, actually. I'm building my brickheads each week so I've got a new brickhead to build right now for episode two but I have the Winnie the Pooh box sitting ready to open and build whenever I get a chance but we've had some glorious sunny weather in Denmark right now and Jamie and I have learned in the time we've been in Denmark you have to embrace that sunshine while it's here and um, but as soon as a rainy day comes Winnie the Pooh is going to get straight out and I'm very excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, both both of those sets are epic. The, yeah, fantastic. Um, well, with that, Dave, before we before we let our guests go, do you do you want to hit him with our final question? I do. Um, so this is our our kind of go to last question. What is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? 
It can be one of each or it can be both. Lego collection. Um, it could be Lego. It could be anything. I have my most prized possession is a box of Lego sealed where the entire box somehow in the machinery has been mushed and it built a box. Picture all of the graphics being moved to the corner and the box just barely closes, but they like built the box wrong and it was sealed. So the Lego logo is like wrapped around the side. It looks like a mutant box and yet it's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. Like it has crisp edges. It's sealed. The bags are inside and yet this box should have never gotten out. And I just love that I have it because somehow it snuck in and it, 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 it was meant for me. And so now I just hold on to that as one of the rarest moments of something that otherwise Lego is so perfect in so many ways. I hate to say it, but I actually revel in these moments of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I have anything as good as Jamie's, but maybe mine would be in my Lego collection. I have an old, ver- an old version of the Arkham's Asylum. And I think I got it really early on when I had just started in the Lego group. And I remember that my team, all the guys in my team were so shocked that I would buy that because they're like, Amy, you love Lego friends. You love building the cute flowers. You're all about, you know, you want everything to be beautiful colors. And they were so surprised by this huge Arkham's Asylum set that I had bought and was so excited to build. To this day, I still haven't opened and build it, built it because I'm, I'm saving it for a special occasion, but I'm quite excited about that at some point. I mean, do you really need to build it, though, at this point? You get to work with Lego Batman. So, like, you get the, <laughs> you get the real Lego Batman. <laughs> True. Maybe yeah. I will never build it, but one day I think I'm, I am quite excited to build it. I bought it because I wanted to build it, so at some point it's going to make an appearance. Well, uh, Amy, Jamie, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us on Adventures in Collecting. Remind yes, our audience... Thank you. Uh, where can we find you guys on the internet and where can we watch Lego Masters? Jamie, you've got it. Lego Masters is on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. on Fox and I'm guessing 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And then I'm at uh, Brickmaster Jamie at Brickmaster Jamie. And I'm at Brickmaster Amy on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And uh, can't wait to see what the rest of the season has, uh, has in store for us. Oh, we can't wait for you to see it. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 